Another feud in Eastern Europe. And I'm not talking about Russia and Ukraine this time. Thousands of migrants, many from the Middle East, are gathered at the border between Poland and Belarus. Many are stuck, and trouble is brewing. The European Union has pledged 700,000 euros worth of aid, including blankets and food. This after critics accuse the Union of ignoring the problem. Most of the EU's power and money comes from Western Europe. Is a decades-old East-West rivalry to blame? Or is Belarus purposefully funding Middle Eastern refugees into Europe to retaliate? After all, the EU passed human rights sanctions against Belarus earlier in the month. Meanwhile, thousands of migrants are stuck in a forest at the border, and the weather is getting colder. Suffering, tension, and conflict. They're part of living in a fallen world. But we know that the King of Kings will one day rule in perfect righteousness and justice. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story. It's all about Jesus. And on this Thursday, we're in a series called Pilgrims on the Way. Let me know if these words might sound a bit familiar. As I walked through the wilderness of this world, I lighted on a certain place where there was a den, and I laid down in that place to sleep, and as I slept, I dreamed a dream. Now those are some of the first few words from John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Some claim it was the first true novel in the English language, and I think there's a strong case for that. And it was dreamed up, if I can use those words, by Bunyan when he was in prison for his Christian conviction back in the 1600s. Yet all these years later, his story of a pilgrim named Christian still resonates with Christians today. Bunyan talked about everything a follower of Christ might face in life. Battles with the devil, battles in our flesh, temptations to be lazy, temptations to face life without Christ's help. And now on this program, we're going to look at another trial we might face. And sadly, many of us are facing it right now, and we don't even know it. I'm talking about distractions. So many things in life can be good, but they aren't the most important things. Success and comfort, social media and movies, houses and cars, all of these things can be enjoyed to the glory of God, but at the same time, they can all lead to a life of vanity, even idolatry. In a moment, we're going to talk about the pilgrim's journey through a place called Vanity Fair. If this was an issue for Bunyan back in the 1600s, I wonder what he would think about the diversions of life we face today. But of course, we'll see how keeping our eyes on Jesus helps us live our lives for the glory of God. In a moment, I want to visit Vanity Fair with you as we hear a few pages read from the brand new adaptation of Pilgrim's Progress called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. Recently, I met Tyler Van Haltren, and I asked this missionary to Cambodia why it's important for all of us, especially kids, to know this story. One of the things I think not many Christian books deal with for kids is suffering, difficulty, trials. How can our kids face those and stand strong? And in the Pilgrim's Progress, that there's many trials, many difficulties he faces, and yet it always points him back to the, the king. Tyler Van Haltren will be back with us in a moment to read more from his new book called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. 
I love his desire for writing this storybook. He wanted to help children better prepare to face the difficulties of life while strengthening their faith in Jesus. And Tyler has done, might I say, a masterful job publishing this book himself with a cloth hardcover and gold foil print lettering that makes it feel like a treasure from years gone by. And everyone, I think, will be captivated by the full-page illustrations that help bring the story alive in a fresh new way. I want to send Little Pilgrim's Big Journey to you for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. This is a sort of Christmas gift that'll have an impact on the life of a child for years to come, but maybe your life, too. After the program, would you call us? Call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, see the illustrations, watch the video about the book, and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And one more reminder, we still have the Manger Mission, that boxed set with a delightful storybook, and also the wooden nativity sets that includes the wise men, and you can help start a new tradition in your home or the home of someone you know that will lead to Jesus this Christmas season. Ask about it when you call or watch the video explaining it when you go online. And now Haven Today opens with Shane and Shane. Oh, so Through death into life 
Now that's a hymn that we don't hear often enough, I think, sung for us by Shane and Shane, called Turn Your Eyes. And a little bit of amazing grace thrown in at the end, here on a haven today called Pilgrims on the Way. I'm Charles Morris. The Iron Age, a time named after its most significant technological advancement, the ability to work with iron. This was so important that it changed everything for the people who lived back then. But what could we call the age in which we live in today? Well, I'm not in charge of picking the name, but I do have a suggestion. The distracted age. Some experts have been warning about this for more than a decade at least now. Our electronic devices can hurt just as much as they can help. Cognitive overload, it's been called. This is when the mind becomes overstimulated, and it leads to shorter and shorter attention spans. Those devices can make us continually distracted. Well, distractions have always been a part of life, even when it wasn't as obvious as it is today. In fact, as you read Pilgrim's Progress, you see a very dangerous form of distraction. Clearly, there were distractions when John Bunyan first wrote his book way back in 1678. But before we arrive at Vanity Fair, we need to see what happens to our friend Christian, who meets someone else on his journey to the celestial city. When Christian came into the light, he rejoiced. He'd made it through the dark valley, though it was full of traps set by the evil Lord Beelzebub he saw another little pilgrim running ahead. Christian recognized him. This was Faithful, his neighbor from the city of destruction. Christian called out, Faithful, wait for me. I'll join you. Faithful shouted back, I can't stop. I must continue to the celestial city. Christian ran as fast as he could to catch up. When he reached Faithful, he ran past him and said, Aha, now I'll get there first. But Christian wasn't looking at the path ahead of him. He tripped over a little rock and crashed to the ground. With his heavy armor, he couldn't lift himself up. But when Faithful caught up, he reached out his hand and helped Christian to his feet. Finally, said Christian, a companion for my travels. I didn't know that you too set out for the Celestial City. Yes, said Faithful. After you left... Everyone was talking about your book in the Celestial City, and after a while they started to mock you. But I believed your book, so I set out to follow you. As they walked, Faithful spoke about those who tried to stop him along the way. There was one named Shame who I met in the Valley of Humiliation. Shame told me that those who listen to the king are fools and will be looked down upon by others in this world. But I stood against him and finally resolved that what the king says is always best, even if everyone in the world is against it. Christian's heart was uplifted by faithful, and they continued in sweet conversation. Isn't that like the Christian life that you and I are living today? We're continuing our series called Pilgrims on the Way. We've been talking about how all of us are pilgrims. We're on the way to the new heavens and the new earth. But you know what? A pilgrim is not a hermit. We know what a hermit is, of course, someone who is always off by themselves, away from anyone else. That isn't what God wants us to be. In fact, that isn't how he created us. 
Remember, it was not good for man to be alone, the Bible tells us, and it isn't good for us to be alone either. That's why God gives us spiritual brothers and sisters. That's why he gave us the church. We need each other, just like Christian needed faithful in Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know who said it first, but no Christian is a lone ranger. We need a community of other Christians. We just can't go it alone. And of course, this community doesn't keep us from singing or stumbling. Remember, when Christian, the character in the book, compares himself to the character Faithful, he trips and falls. But when Christian trips, there's Faithful helping him back up again. Well, that's what it means to be someone's spiritual brother or sister, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. But this doesn't mean that there aren't any dangers, even when we're walking on our journey alongside other pilgrims. Both Christian and faithful had to deal with Vanity Fair. And that's what the man named Evangelist told them as he met them on the road. Here's Tyler Van Haltren again reading from his book, Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. I rejoice in your victories, said Evangelist, but I came here to warn you. You must pass through an evil town called Vanity Fair. It was built by enemies of the king to distract pilgrims on their journey. You'll be tempted there by the vanities and riches of the world, but you must keep your eyes fixed on the celestial city. At first, Christian and Faithful thought Vanity Fair looked like fun. It looked beautiful on the outside but they quickly learned it was evil on the inside. Merchants soon surrounded them and tried to sell them trinkets and vanities. Here we have everything pleasant to eat or wear or see, they said. Forget your difficult journey and stay here where you can enjoy all the delights of the world. But Faithful stopped them and said, Turn my eyes away from all this vanity. But you must want to buy something, the merchant said. You sell only lies, said Faithful. What you sell here will burn away like chaff. We seek everlasting treasure. We buy the truth. This set the whole town in an uproar. The boys were thrown in jail. People made a spectacle of them. Children laughed and threw rocks and rotten fruit at them. But Christian and Faithful were kind to the children and said to them, You don't need to stay here. The king will welcome you to the celestial city. The boys were put on trial. Their judge, Lord Hategood, said to them, The witnesses here have told me you caused a great uproar in our town, and you don't obey the laws of our great Prince Beelzebub. Is this true? We've caused no uproar, Faithful answered. We've followed only what is good and right and true. I defy the lies of your town and your wicked prince. My loyalty is to the true king and his ways. The judge slammed his gavel. Death. Death! I sentence them both to death. Back in jail, Christian and Faithful encouraged each other with promises from the king. Guards came and took Faithful away in chains. Christian called out, Faithful, don't be afraid. They can destroy our bodies, but not our souls. I'll see you in the celestial city. Distractions. That's what Vanity Fair is. An entire town filled with things meant to distract Christians from their pilgrimage. The Apostle John wrote about these distractions in 1 John 2. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. 
For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now, as I said when we began our time together, there are many things in life that are good, but they aren't the most important things. Success, comfort, and possessions, the list could go on. There's nothing wrong with these things. But how easy is it for us to turn those things into idols? One Christian from long ago said that our hearts are like little idol factories. They might sting a little, but how true it is. You and I are very good at turning something that God created into a God itself. And that's what Vanity Fair does, or tries to do. It tries to distract you, make you an idolater. And it takes your focus off of the Lord, the one true living God. And you know, avoiding this isn't going to make you very popular in Vanity Fair. As we just heard, our main characters were sentenced to death. And what happened after that? Back in jail, Christian and Faithful encouraged each other with promises from the king. Guards came and took Faithful away in chains. Christian called out, Faithful, don't be afraid. They can destroy our bodies, but not our souls. I'll see you in the Celestial City. A boy named Hopeful had been watching them. When the guards weren't looking, he took their keys. He freed Christian from the jail. Let's go, he said. Quick, before they come back. As Christian left Vanity Fair, he looked up, and there was Faithful. The king had sent a chariot to take him to the Celestial City. I'll miss you, faithful friend, Christian cried out. Hopeful comforted Christian. Faithful's bravery inspired me to leave Vanity Fair. I hope I can be a friend like he was. Faithful was loyal to the king, and he paid for it by his life. He's like the witnesses we read about in Hebrews 11. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. The world was not worthy of them. But Jesus, on the other hand, is faithful to his own. No matter whether we live a long life or if we are killed for our faith like many of our brothers and sisters around the world before us and even today, if you are a follower of Jesus, you will reach the celestial city. And when you arrive, there will be no more tears. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads His dear children along where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet God leads his dear children along some through the waters some through the flood some through the fire but all through the blood, some through great sorrow, God gives a song in the night season and 
Travis Cottrell, God leads us along. Don't forget that ever. On this haven today called Pilgrims on the Way, I'm Charles Morris. I wish I could take an instant poll right now to see how many people listening to Haven Today have heard of Pilgrim's Progress. And I'm sure the numbers would tell us, maybe in the 90-plus percentile. But let me follow up with another question. How many have actually read John Bunyan's classic novel. And sadly, I know that number is much lower. There was a time when I used to be in that category, but when I finally read the book, and then I read it to my kids when they were growing up, I was so glad I did. Yes, the older English style can be a bit hard to comprehend, but that's why I'm so grateful we can offer you Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. The heart of Bunyan's story is still there, but it's been rewritten, recast in an easy-to-understand way, and it's been brought to life with colorful, full-page illustrations, page after page. Of course, 
It's intended for kids, but I have a feeling this is going to be like the Jesus Storybook Bible, where so many adults read it and find they are blessed right along with the children or grandchildren around them. I want to send you a copy of this cloth hardcover storybook with gold foil print for your gift to Haven Today. Your gift will help us keep sharing this great story of Jesus. But as you read it or send it to those you love, it will also point everyone to Jesus Christ as well. Why don't you call us right now? Call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and look at those illustrations. Watch the video about the book, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And let me say we've been amazed with how many people have been taking up our offer to send this book directly to someone they love for Christmas. They say shipping might be a nightmare in December. That's what I've heard. So take advantage of our free shipping right now and send this book to someone you love. People like Lloyd in Wisconsin and Teresa in Ohio did just that. Just make a generous gift. Send us their name and a little note and their address, and we'll ship it for free ASAP. And just before we have to go, we still have the manger mission with that storybook about the wise men and the wooden nativity set that kids can play with. A fun tradition pointing to Jesus something every family needs this coming Christmas season. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so very, very much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Friday, we get to share together this great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. To Kill a Mockingbird is still one of the most popular books in English history. In it, Scout learns a valuable lesson about justice. But along the way, she learns something else. How do you walk a full glass from one room to another without spilling? You look ahead, not at the cup. So when Hebrews 2 tells us to pay greater attention to Jesus, it's telling us to stop looking at the cup. Fix your eyes on Christ. Pay attention to what he said and then walk. You'll be surprised at how little you spill. Pay attention to his great salvation. Rejoice by the spirit that he has saved you. Hope and faith that he will come again for us. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.